0: Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Titan Talks. I am one of the hosts. I, have one of, I am one of three hosts for Titan Talks, and this is going to be episode one of season one. It is called You, oh, excuse me, To You in 2000 Years, the Fall of Shinganshina. Now, you may be wondering, if you were reading the description, you might have seen that there are three people that are supposed to be here. And yes, three people did record this initial podcast. But this is the first podcast that we have ever done ever by ourselves in the history of humanity. So we were really, really excited and we jumped the gun and didn't do a recap like we were supposed to do. So this is me doing that right now. Okay, so... I promise I'm not going to talk like that the entire time. Um, yeah, so just sit back and relax. Oh, you should know that if you have never seen Attack on Titan, you should not be listening to this unless you are just into spoilers. Because we are I'm going to go through all of the plots. We're going to talk about everything that happens in every single episode. So if you don't like spoilers, don't listen until you watch the show. If you do like spoilers, then you're in great company here, because we're just going to be talking about everything. Okay. Well, without further ado, let's get into the episode recap. And just like that, everything changed. In that terrible moment in our hearts, we knew that home was a pen in humanity, cattle. A giant skinless humanoid being peers over the walls and around Shiganshina, a Titan larger than normal. Flash forward to earlier that afternoon, we see scouts, a branch of the military designated to explore beyond the walls of civilization, engaging smaller, more benign looking Titans. These titans are hungry for human flesh. They have skin, no sex organs, and seem to lack intelligent thought. The scouts move about the forest using ODM gear, short for Omnidirectional Maneuvering Gear. Aaron Yeager awakens from a terrifying dream. He and Mikasa are 10 years old. The year is 845. Turning the page here, hold on. They encounter a drunken soldier, Hannes, while walking home. Irked by Hannes' slacking off, Aaron lashes out at him and his soldier friends, complaining that if the Titans attacked, the soldiers wouldn't know what to do. Humanity is trapped behind these walls, and everyone seems to be okay with it. Aaron has anger management issues. He's just a kid, tends to dream bigger than life really wants him to, says Hannes. Aaron wants to join the scouts, but his loved ones, including Mikasa, worry that it's too dangerous. The scouts return from beyond the wall, severely diminished and wounded. Half of them got eaten, a villager says. That's what happens when pride takes you beyond the wall. After this display, Mikasa sternly talks to Aaron, trying to convince him not to join the scouts when he comes of age. When they get home, Mikasa writes Aaron out to his parents about him wanting to join the scouts. Would you look at that? I know there's death around every corner, says Aaron, frustrated, but we can't just give up on it, because otherwise this nightmare is never going to end. Grisha, Aaron's dad, seems touched by Aaron's passion. He promises to let him in on a little secret when he gets back from work, if he behaves. Aaron's mother, Carla, asks Mikasa to promise her to protect Aaron. We meet Armin, who seems to have excuse me, who seems to be as passionate as Aaron about journeying beyond the wall, though he's more meek and quiet natured. Just then there's a majestic clap of thunder and a bright light. The children run towards the commotion, and they see a giant head of a colossal titan. The wall itself is fifty meters high. This titan is the largest anyone has ever seen. It kicks a hole in the wall, letting the smaller titans in. Aaron runs to his home to save his mother. Mikasa runs after him. The Titans have crushed their home and Carla is trapped under the wreckage. Hannes, the soldier, appears, attempts to strike the Titan down, or to to strike a Titan, approaching Titan, down, but realizes that their best chance at survival is to escape with the children, and they leave Carla behind at her wish. She is eaten by a massive, blonde, smiling Titan. And just like that, everything changed. In that terrible moment, in our hearts, we knew that home was a pin in humanity, the cattle. And just like that, again, we just did the recap. Cool, huh? Yeah, this episode and this show is really cool. It's one of my favorite of all time. Um, I am cutting back in very quickly before we get into the actual analysis with both Jeff and Thomas, just to let you guys know, give you a little bit of a heads up that the microphone that we used to record the podcast that you're about to listen to um, was kind of messed up. And so you're going to hear a lot of room noise, um, but it's not really going to take away from what we're saying. Um, so, yeah, that, that's all. That's all I wanted to say. Anyways, enjoy. Hi.
1: Hi. Hello, little-
0: I'm Dree, and this is Titan, Talks,
1: Titan Talks, we
0: decided on calling this podcast, where we talk about Attack on Titan.
2: This is our intro that we're probably going to edit out later.
1: Hi, the void.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of backstory about uh, why we're doing this and stuff you probably don't care about before we get into episode one of season one. Right now it is in the year of our Lord, 2019, and episode 58 is about to come out, which means that we're, if you're, I've got 57
2: more episodes to watch is what that means.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's got 57 more episodes to watch. Thomas, how many do you have more? 57 minus 12? 58 minus 12?
1: Let's just call it 57.
0: 57. Okay. So I've seen all of these episodes multiple times. And so we're all different. Levels of Titan understanding.
1: Dree is the sensei of Titan understanding right now. Titan I mean, master.
0: relatively, but not in the grand scheme of Titan tree. I'm not, I'm not very well versed. I'm just going to keep all of it in. <laughs>
2: let's just let's, yeah. let's just get into
0: it, and we can introduce ourselves
2: later when people care. Okay. All
0: right. So we just watched the very first episode of the very first season of Attack on Titan, which aired in 2001. So we'll do Man. it. No, it aired in 2014. Oh. Why did I say that? Okay. It aired in 2014. One, four. Five years ago. Year of our Lord. Okay. So recap
1: what happened the episode opened with a flash forward of a big skinless guy grabbing the walls of the city
2: or i guess like a flash present even like a
1: yeah it's like it flashes to the end of the episode
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: something that i remember very strongly about that scene is when the camera shows the view from the outside there's a lot of emphasis on the Titans, but
0: it's very well framed by the steam. Yeah. Which is a very important factor. I think that we may or may not learn about soon, but like steam, <laughs> steam. <laughs> the thing was steaming <laughs> and it had a very big muscular booty.
2: Yes. Well-rounded glutes.
0: I wouldn't, it looked more like a square. It was a square. square. It was square. a square, but he definitely, okay. a square definitely butt. had a square, butt. kind of weird. I'm honestly. Yeah, bad at ass taxonomy. You know, I'm, I'm not <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty good at ass taxonomy.
0: Had a, it had a very Block like booty.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll suck into that evaluation.
0: So this Titan, he, she, they, we don't know. Cause it's a big skinless thing, humanoid creature is looking over the wall and then we hear the voice of what i'm assuming is armin um who's one of the characters we meet in this episode talking about basically what happened so everyone has been living behind the walls for at least 100 years right and they were being safe from the titans and up until that point the titans were never big enough to the thing that we saw was the biggest, or dare I say, the most colossal titan—the <laughs> um, <laughs> most colossal titan they had ever seen in the history of their their own memory—and um, so it was a big deal. And this thing just sort of like appears out of thin air and kicks a hole in the wall, so that the little skinned guys—the other when I say skinned, I mean they have skin; they have not be, been been <laughs> right, skinned. Right.
1: They're like Titan minis.
0: Yeah, they they just look like people with skin. And they run in
1: very unsettling smiles.
0: Yes, yeah, mindless creatures. Um. So, but before we get into that point, let's talk a little bit more about uh our main characters, Aaron, Mikasa, and Armin. What do you guys think about Aaron?
1: Well, Jeff observed very uh, astutely that Armin. Excuse me. Aaron has a great scream. Extremely good scream. Really, really it good a, scream.
2: And we're listening to the dubbed version. Like, the scream was just on point. Like, had the voice crack in it. <laughs> just really just nailed the the 13-year-old, oh my god, my mom's about to be eaten kind of scream. you know.
0: Mm, yeah, that's a very specific scream. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Jeff, not great at ass taxonomy, very good at scream taxonomy. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, he's—I mean, he's got—he's I mean, got, uh, got principles, right? Like his whole deal is, uh, why are we, why are we okay living like this? Why is it, um, why is it something that we just accept to be cattle of these? Giant beings that we literally have never seen before. You know, um, let's venture forth and face it, you know, head on. Um, and of course, his his parents are, you know, pulling him back. You know, like, hey, like, we know you're gung ho here, but you're just gonna
1: die. You're just
0: gonna die. Shoot your eye out. No,
1: I've got to say, Aaron struck me initially as like kind of pretty pretty extra he's pretty melodramatic but um i will say i yeah like jeff said i respect his principles and uh he does he's got like a bigger vision of humanity that human human potential than i think a lot of the people around him so uh even though he's an annoying 13 year old um and kind of like yeah, I mean he's an anno- annoying thirteen-year-old, but like he can see something bigger than the people around him, and I respect him for fighting for that, uh, even against the, uh, even against the skepticism of it. Pretty much seems like everybody around him, maybe, maybe Armin, Armand. What's that other character's name?
0: Armin. Armin, the
1: blonde kid who's totally going to get eaten at some point. Yeah, that guy. Yeah maybe armin is uh on the same page but it kind of seemed like mikasa was was uh on the page of his parents like she totally tattled on him you know mm-hmm. she was like oh Aaron wants to be part of the scout corps or whatever they're called like and uh yeah she's clearly not on board yeah and and i want to
2: know why is she, why is she so scary like she just ran all three of those
0: dudes off at one point just by like she just had that look in her eye mm-hmm, so remember how I said how like everything from the later seasons just it all just comes back to this episode
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like she's gonna be like a orphan from somewhere else, and she's like some kind of hyper trained ninja or some kind of something I don't know,
0: yeah, I'm not gonna speak too much on that, but it they're definitely going to address just her scariness mm. Because it's just so, it's just such a subtle thing. It's, like, really funny because Aaron's just like, oh, I'm going to get you when they're beating up Armin. Right. Or they're about to beat up Armin. And then they see Mikasa, and she's just, like, this Pokemon. And she's just, like, <laughs> like straight ahead. And they're like, oh. She kind of had the Naruto run a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, Mikasa is definitely, like, she seems to be a very close, not close-minded, tunnel vision type character to me in this episode. Like, it's. hmm it seems like she really, really cares for Aaron.
2: Mm-hmm. and She
0: knows what's best for Aaron and he doesn't know what's best for himself. And so she's almost like another parent because mm-hmm. they. it seems like a pretty safe community if they can just run around collecting sticks and stuff yeah. for hours at a time. And she just has a very big sense of responsibility. And for whatever reason, she feels very I don't know, attached to Aaron. And
1: what is the reason? Yeah. She's also really grounded. Like, mm-hmm. she's the one, like, that's, you can't do that. That's never going to work. Why were you crying? We need to go home. You know, like, very, I don't know. It's not like you had many sticks in the first place. <laughs> yeah.
0: She, yeah, I, so I watched the Japanese versions, and it just did, she did not seem that, like, mean. Really? Like, she was just very matter-of-fact and that one, was just like, you're crying. It's not like you have that many sticks. And in the English version, she's just like, you are a terrible piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> she's so mean. Yeah. Mean kasa. Mean, mean kasa. Mean kasa. Armin. I like Armin's character. I think he's, he's a thinky kind of guy. Yeah, he's, he's cool. <laughs> That's all.
1: <laughs> That's all.
0: <laughs> he thinks a lot.
1: I... <laughs> That was, yeah, they did a good job of introducing his character, like giving, giving the viewers like a good sense of who he is the very first time you see him, you mm-hmm. know, because he's like giving the whole, he's, he's like giving this whole spiel to the bullies who are beating him up about like, you know, well, yeah, my philosophy actually says I shouldn't fight back. And I've already won because you're fo- you're uh, sinking to the level of physical violence. And that's a I think I think in the world, I get the feeling that in the world of Attack on Titan, that's a more radical worldview than it is in the real world. Like um, when all of humanity lives under this permanent existential threat of like literally being eaten by giant babies, you know, like. Nonviolence is nonviolence is a hard enough thing to practice in the real world, and, and even in modernity, where, um, you know, for for many people, not for everybody, but many people have like, uh, especially in the West, like have. Uh, they're like physically safe, you know. They're not under that sort of permanent, looming existential threat, but. In the world of Attack on Titan, uh, everybody all the time has this thing looming over them, and so like that kind of pacifism, I think, is is kind of more remarkable, uh, even more remarkable than it is in the real world.
2: Yeah, he's kind of like a like a young blonde Gandhi, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, young I, blondie. Yeah, he's <laughs> blondie. Um, the, but I but I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is that, um, you know, this is sort of like taking on like a medieval flavor, you know, and, and, um, frankly, I I would be surprised if there was too much, um, sort of nonviolent Gandhi talk going on in like medieval Europe, for Mm -hmm. instance, you know, um, that's just beyond the concerns of, of what they're, what they're about. There's, there's too much focus on survival, right. You know? Um, and I think part of, um, what allows him to do that similar to what allows uh us to do that in in the last you know 50 to 100 years in the modern era is that element of safety the walls that we've um that they've built and that we've you know metaphorically built um for safety um it it allows it's like maslow's hierarchy of needs right like we've we've fulfilled a lot of of needs at the base level. And so we're able to build on top of it. And he's able to adopt that philosophy. Like if he was out in the woods, you know, scrounging for food, would he really, you know, have that, that take on things? Or would he kill it first sight? Cause that's food, you know?
1: Right. And so, and so that the point you're making is that Armin tells us something about the society that he lives in. The They've
2: base. never seen one of these things, one of these giant things at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. Or at least, maybe some people have, but at least the most of the characters we meet haven't. Right, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I totally
1: agree. Something that I'm curious about... Well, actually, just to respond to what you said, that, that makes me think of... Um, who was it who wrote Leviathan? He said, uh, life was nasty, brutish, and short. That's kind of the vibe I get from Hemingway
0: Machiavelli what no. <laughs> shut up
1: it, anyway some it was like in the 1800s I think uh, Thomas Hobbes right
0: oh
1: yeah um but anyway I think that that uh phrase nasty British and short is is my guess is that it would be pretty relevant in the world of Attack on Titan but I think Jeff's point about Armin is that maybe it's actually not that relevant for uh for the people living behind these walls. And I think that's a really good point. So it's about to be, <laughs> it's a, it's about to be, you are absolutely that.
0: right. So we were both half wrong and half right. Okay. Um, I don't know why I was thinking about Nicolai Machiavelli. Maybe I just, he just needs something to be attached to because I forgot what he did in my brain. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this and you want to leave a comment or whatever, however this ends up getting uploaded anywhere, feel free to
2: like comment, subscribe, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, Thomas Hobbes was born in 1588. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. So he was from the time period I was thinking, that he was actually the person you Googled and Google told you it was him.
1: Okay, cool. So sweet.
0: Why would I question Google? Good question. It's on the internet. It's real.
1: So one thing I wanted to, that I was wondering about while I was watching it is, um, did anybody else feel like it was very suspicious that Aaron's dad left? And then the Titans attacked like, immediately. (laughs) I'm really suspicious about that.
0: That's a good point. I've never thought of that.
1: What is that key for? What is that key for?
0: Did anyone else find it kind of annoying that Aaron was... I mean, yeah, he shouldn't have gotten in trouble for having dreams and hopes. (laughs) But um, when his mom was like, don't you ever join the scouts and he was like stop yelling at me and she was like little help here grisha which is his father's name um and he was like you know what i'm going to reward this behavior with this key yeah and then he disappears and the titans appear
1: yeah aaron's dad definitely seemed like slightly like a douche You think he's a douche
2: i kind of felt like he was like the chillest person around like 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 he actually knew what was up and like was playing an entirely different game than every
1: other character at the show he definitely seemed chiller than everybody else he was the only he was like one of the only people except for mikasa who didn't like have a part where they screamed in the, <laughs> at some point that's true so i'll give him that well, i mean the, the
2: the one soldier didn't scream i guess he screamed with his eyes you know, when yeah. he encountered the Titan. <laughs> the, the guy who was drunk and then wasn't drunk. He was kind of- sobered up
0: pretty quickly when he saw the Titan. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that dude's totally a G.I. Joe. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: He's like the blonde dude with the mustache. Mm-hmm.
1: Like...
0: Mm-hmm. G.I. <laughs> Joe.
1: He's also, uh, he reminds me a lot of um, uh, the blonde dude with the mustache from Venture Brothers.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love, I love his. Uh, he he had a lot of dynamics, you know, like 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 uh, his mom, Aaron's mom, for instance, was very flat. Like, uh, I mean, like was she, she was supposed... in the first episode. Yeah, she's not really. Right.
0: Is that a titan at the door? Oh, it must be. We'll come watch you tonight. It's if you're listening and time. I haven't edited this out, we ordered food. We got some
1: calzones.
2: We got some trashy calzones, yeah. to be honest. <laughs>
0: That's the sound like of the cows thing. arriving. So I guess we should um, wrap this episode up here pretty qu- pretty quickly. Let's so you wrap guys this episode can... up here pretty quickly now.
1: Yeah, but, food.
2: uh, yeah, but this, like, like the mom, she's dying the first episode, you know, it, it's, she doesn't need a lot going on with her character. That's fine. But this dude like had three different modes over the course of, you know, 15 minutes. Like he's this incredibly drunk dude, just kind of jovial, like, no cares in the world. he goes to being this, uh, you know, heroic, like, I'm going to take this guy down, you know? Uh, oh shit, I've never actually seen one before. Now I'm scared shitless, but I'm still going to save the kids, you know, like, and, and I feel like we saw a lot of him, you know, uh, in, in rapid succession.
1: And I, I liked that a little hmm Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. My first reaction was to be like unimpressed by him because he seemed like such a punk-ass bitch the first time you, you meet him. But, uh, yeah, actually, what you said kind of changed my mind. I think you're right that he's pretty pretty three-dimensional. And I like that the showrunner has so explicitly showed us, like, the different sides of his character, like, showed us what he was made of.
0: Yeah, he, um, right when they meet Aaron and Mikasa, right when he meets Aaron and Mikasa in the little bridge, and... Aaron's like yelling at him, you know, we're cattle and like saying saying all of these like deep punky philosophical things to this drunk military police guy. Um, It kind of looks like he sort of is maybe wanting a part of him is wanting to agree with what Aaron is saying, Mm -hmm. but he's got like, he's under the pressure of being around his peers and they're all drunk and he's a little bit drunk and he's supposed to be the authority figure so he's not going to give the kid any like credit. sort of credit mm-hmm. for maybe being a little wise beyond his years mm-hmm. but just as you guys have said you guys said i would argue that you saw four different sides of him you saw the drunk police guy and then you saw the part of him was just like kind of put back in reality temporarily before there was even a threat almost Mm -hmm.
2: living vicariously through Aaron a little bit like, yeah, you know what? I kind of dig what he's saying a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I'm not in a position where I can truly believe that.
0: Yeah. And then, then the Titans come and he's like, all right, well, And, and if you recall when he's talking to Aaron in that moment, he's like, well, you know, if one shows up, well, I like my job because there's no threat and I can just drink all day. But if one shows up, I'm the best you've got. And then that's really put to the test. And is it cowardice that he decides not to fight the Titan, or is it just being smart and being like, because he's never seen a Titan before, and those kids need to survive? I mean, he's like, clearly
2: not the, the type of character to rush in headlong, you know? Mm-hmm. He's he's the sort who's going to uh, take his time, enjoy life, but can respect when uh, a serious situation is taking place and he needs to get it together. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is honestly kinda cool. I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes. hmm
0: So to wrap up, today we met Aaron, Armin, Mikasa.
2: I have one I have one one thought on Aaron before we before mm-hmm. we wrap up. Um something that just occurred to me. Um something I'm really curious about. So so obviously he has the sort of um like the uh dream to to get outside the walls to for life to mean something more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a really cool double entendre there going on with the very first scene after um, the flashbacks, which is him waking up from who knows how long the dream was. I mean, the way he put it, uh, I forget the exact uh, quote, but the way he put it, um, the dream he woke up for theoretically could have been, I mean, the Matrix, you know, or who knows the the show itself could be the Matrix. I mean, like... um, the dream within a dream thing could be coming. Who knows? But uh, I got the impression that it was a, a pretty long time. Um, and they were talking about a, a thousand years or something like that at some point. Well, the
1: title of the episode is like something like For You in 2,000 Years or something like that.
2: Right, right. And and then there's the uh, the actual time stamp, which was 845, mm-hmm. year 845. So it made me wonder, like, um, was he asleep? you know, for 800 years and then woke up and now the story continues again, or, um, is he living, you know, through the eyes of a Titan? I have no idea where they're going to go with that, but I'm excited to see it. And and I just think it's cool that, uh, he has, you know, two separate, um, dream, I guess, character hooks, you know,
1: to, to follow along Mm. with. Yeah. Something else I'm curious about is just what they're going to do with, The relationship between hannes and aaron because i could see like aaron's character to me i I think aaron's the kind of person who's going to feel really antagonistic towards hannes he already feels antagonistic towards hannes and i don't think aaron has the perspective to or or the self-awareness he's too young to appreciate that hannes saved his life he's just going to feel like hannes was a coward and so i'm kind of but like having you know teased out the more nuanced picture of hannes that the showrunners painted um i kind of i'm like rooting for hannes a little bit and i hope that at some point during the show aaron like appreciates appreciates him maybe can like understand his perspective better i think that'd be a really nice uh form of growth if, if we saw aaron do that don't
0: line. Yeah. Well, I can't say anything. But, uh, <laughs> just because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Right, right. What um, do you say?
2: So I have an idea. Uh, Thomas, um, mm-hmm. since you and I are the two of the three here that have not seen up to where we are currently at in the show, uh, episode 58, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Since we've only just watched episode one, I think it'd be fun to make some predictions about where the characters are going to end up. And just see how it goes.
0: You guys are going to be staring at my face the whole time for reactions, right? <laughs> aren't you?
2: <laughs> so we've seen um, Aaron, Mikasa, Grisha, Gr- mm-hmm. Grisha. Grisha? Grisha? Grisha. Grisha. Uh, we've seen um, Hannes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anybody else's name yet, I don't think.
0: Armin. So Grisha's Oh, I, I forgot to
2: mention Armin. Yeah, right.
0: yeah. yeah. And we met Aaron's mom. Well, now she shall she, remain nameless. She, she's dead as hell. She's she's dead, dead. She's very dead.
2: Okay, so what's gonna happen to Armin? Well, I know what happens, Armin. I'm calling Armin is gonna get eaten. I'm just saying, like this dude looks like so edible. Like,
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> no comment. Won't you?
1: This dude looks so, so edible. Two titans. To Titans. Gosh. Yeah, I mean. Dot, dot, dot to Titans.
0: <laughs> Jeff eats people. <laughs> he's also really tall. Wow. He, he has He wow. has skin, though. He has he's,
1: skin. He's, he,
0: oh, I won't. Oh, yeah, well. Do you guys find it weird that the big giant Titan appeared and then just sort of disappeared? Like he kicked a hole in the wall and then all the little ones came running in and then he was just gone? Uh,
2: I assume there was some kind of uh, production magic going on, like where we just took the camera and pointed it elsewhere and he was still doing something we might see next episode, but I have no idea.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think that's a plausible explanation.
0: Cause the skinned ones, the ones with skin, geez. (laughs) So, so, Thomas, you've,
2: so you've already seen, like, what,
1: 12 episodes? You already know what happens to some people. Is ish, that ish. I mostly just remember what happens to Armin, because that was like, I saw that, and I was just like, that was actually kind of why I stopped I'm totally watching. right. I'm
2: totally right. No comment.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, okay. Who, uh, Hannes. What's going to happen to him?
1: Uh, my prediction for Hannes is, uh, okay, here's what I think is going to happen to Hannes. I think, I think we're going to get to know him a little, I don't remember what happens to him, um, so I'm maybe starting from a fresh slate, unless,
0: we pretty much are,
1: unless I, like, secretly remember something and don't remember that I remember it, um, so (laughs) my prediction, yeah, (laughs) secret memories, my prediction for Hannes is that, We're going to get to know him a little better and we're going to like build some sympathy for him because they've already kind of invested in his character a little bit. I don't think he's just going to be a throwaway, especially since he like saved Aaron and Mikasa's life. That's like kind of a big deal. So I'd be surprised if the showrunners just like fed him to a Titan at the beginning of the next episode. Um, I think we're going to get to know him better and get to like him and respect him. And then he's, they're going to like, He's kind of a secondary character, so, so uh, they're going to, they're probably going to kill him at some point for dramatic effect. That's my guess.
0: All right. Well, we have to wrap it up, um, just because our timer is running out. But we met Aaron Yeager. We met Mikasa. We met Armin. We met Hannes. We met Grisha. We met Aaron's mom, and we met Titans.
2: Mikasa is an orphan super ninja, and Aaron is going to live his dream.
0: All right. See you soon.